Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1 and verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea. Uh, This was uh, Herod the Great. Herod the Great, we know, and we've talked about him in the past. He's very cruel, but also a very, very ambitious uh, man. And uh, he was also, on top of that, an architectural genius. And things with people are seldom black and white. I kind of wish they were, you know, and you just put people in a box. He's a bad person. He's a good person, that type of thing. But even the worst uh, people can have confusingly wonderful qualities. And amid all the darkness, uh, you know, that was in the heart of Herod, he still had some really, really incredible qualities. He built some of the greatest architecture of his time. People traveled across the globe to see the artistry of this man. So during the time of, of, of Herod, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. So these details are specific because this is a literal event and a literal occurrence. And at this time, they had about 20,000 priests in all. It seemed like the priesthood had multiplied by the time of Jesus. And and all the priests were divided into uh, roughly 24 uh, divisions. And Zechariah here was about to be chosen out of this very, very large group. This was a once in a lifetime opportunity for Zechariah. It probably would never, ever come around again. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Now, typically uh, a priest, uh, the Bible allows a priest to marry anyone from, from any of the tribes of Israel. However, it was most commendable if a priest married from within the priestly line. So here we see that Zechariah was kind of a priest of priests, a guy who did everything right. He even went the extra mile and, and did more than what was required. And the difference between, and I've said this before, the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is that little extra. And it's that little extra that we do that makes all the difference in the world. If you want to be average, just do what everyone else does, but just do a little bit extra and you will distinguish yourself and you'll find yourself going to places that others don't. And they were both right. This is both husband and wife before God. Let me say this again. These were good people and they were walking in, the Bible says, all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord. And watch what the Bible calls them next. They were blameless, blameless. So these guys were as good as good gets. I mean, they're really living out this God thing. They were really trying to obey God and live the life. But watch verse seven. But they had no child. Now, this was one of the worst things that could happen to a couple in this period. You are often disgraced. People looked down on you. People mocked and ridiculed you. Actually, some people said you were even cursed if you were not able to have a child. But, but what, what do you do when you've done everything right and what you want most uh, just, just doesn't happen? You know, life is not fair. And this is why we must have faith in God, particularly when life is not fair, to bridge us through those troubling times when things don't make sense. And this is what happened with Zechariah and Elizabeth. It's says they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. So 
It seems like Zechariah had options. He, he, he could go and have a baby with another woman. But the real problem was with uh, Elizabeth. But we see here that we have two righteous, two blameless people. But this couple still had a very painful, a very difficult, and actually we're going to see in a moment a lifelong problem. Now, faith will, will, will not exempt you from problems, but it will help you handle them. And obviously, these two navigated this challenge their entire married life. And it goes on and says, and they were both well advanced in years, meaning that this couple didn't just go through a difficult period. This was something that, that again, lasted their entire adult lives. And, and at this point, as far as they were concerned, it was too late. But how many knows that, know that, that we serve a God that specializes in too late, too far, too long, too close, too hard, and too much? This is what God specializes in. And every time I say it's too late, I think God puts a smile on his face because he's like, I'm about to show you something of my character and my ways. Verse eight. So it was that while he was serving as a priest before God in the order of his division, the division of Abijah, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell. So this was a lottery system and his numbers finally hit. And, and I can hear some wheels turning in some folks' heads right now saying, see, see, Bishop, I, I told you it was okay to, to play uh, Powerball. I, I told you it was okay to play the lottery. Matter of fact, I'm going to play 318 today. You know, Luke, the third book of the New Testament, uh, one, chapter one of, of Luke, and we're in verse eight. So 318 is my number. I know you're supposed to play five, but the point is, uh, many of you might, might twist this and take this wrong. Uh, I, I'm not trying to endorse the lottery system, but I am trying to say that we have a providential God that's in charge of all things and what we might think is luck is sometimes God making some things happen. And we see here that his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. So that's a little veil to us uh, because there were several lotteries or, or several uh, lots that were cast uh, during this, this, this process because the uh, uh, incense was burned twice a day in the morning and in the evening. So first, uh, lots were cast to determine what division of the 24 tribes would uh, serve at the altar. But then second, lots were cast to determine who in that particular division would serve. And then on top of that, once they determined who would serve, lots were uh, cast again. And the first lot determined who would cleanse the altar. The second uh, a lot where it was cast to determine who would kill the morning sacrifice and, and who would sprinkle the blood on the altar. Uh, but the third a lot was cast for the most privileged position, the honor of all three roles. And that was actually the person who offered the incense itself. And, we, you know, we may think that we are where we are by chance, but, but chance is sometimes just God's miracles in disguise. And, and here, God was providentially managing all of these affairs, setting a situation up. You are not just where you are just because God is probably working on something, particularly if your footsteps have been ordered by the Lord. Let's keep reading. And the whole multitude of the people 
was praying outside at the hour of incense. So this is around sunrise where hundreds of worshipers would gather outside of the temple and, and the incense, incense priest would, would strike something that is kind of a gong. It wasn't actually a gong, but there's a big old name for it. And I'll mess up the name. But as he walked toward the temple, he would bang the gong. And then as he w- went again toward the temple, then the two other priests that were going to serve with the incense priest, so Zechariah's in the middle banging the gong, then two other priests come alongside him and they walk into uh, the holy place. And then when they got in the holy place, all three went in together. When the, when the two other than Zechariah, other than an incense offerer, uh, when they were done, uh, they would leave the holy place. And at the end, there was just the priest that was offering incense that was left in the temple area. So here we have Zechariah in the holy place all by himself. And he's standing before the altar and he's probably praying for the nation. That's what priests did. Uh, They prayed for the people and they might even pray for the coming Messiah. And in verse 11, it says, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Now, you know that Christ is seated at the right hand of God, the father, the right hand in the ancient world, oriental culture uh, represented the place of highest favor and highest honor. Um, And what we see here is that since he was standing on the right side, this is again, he's not speaking to Americans. He's speaking to people that uh, uh, have cultures that are, 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 are somewhat rigid and cultures where certain things mean things then that that they may not mean uh, today. So the fact that the angel was standing at the right side of the altar meant that uh, Zacharias had received favor with God. Um, That again, the angel was on the right hand of the altar. And now Zechariah understands that he has favor with the most high God, that the God has accepted his uh, incense offering. Verse 12. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. Now, don't judge Zacharias here. I know you're Iron Man, all that. I know that, you know, you're, you're Chuck Norris and everything. But, but if you were in a room all by yourself and you didn't hear footsteps coming, uh, there was no noise, uh, and, and some just huge guy shows up on the right side of your altar, you would fear, feel a little bit of fear uh, as well. I, I like the way, you know, we, we used to define fear. fear. Fear is forget everything and run. And I'm sure that's what Zechariah wanted to do. Forget everything and absolutely get out of that place as quickly as possible. And this is why the angel had to speak to him. He said, but the angel of the Lord said to him, so he, you know, I, I think he's trying to make an escape. Don't be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. Again, he had just prayed for the nation. He probably also prayed uh, for the Messiah. But, but it's amazing how when we pray for others, God actually begins to hear our prayers. So he's praying and interceding for the nation, and then God hears the desire of his heart. He said, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. Again, when it's too late, too far, too long, uh, too close, too hard, and too much, God still answers 
prayers. And God will even remind you of prayers that you quit praying if you just keep serving him and keep at uh, the business of the Lord, even when you think it's too late, even when you feel that you've been forgotten, even when you feel, God, I've already lived a life. What, what can you do? I mean, there's so much water behind me. I mean, what good thing can you put before me? This was something of the situation of Zacharias, but guess what God did? He just turned it around because that's exactly what God does. He says, and your wife will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. John or Johan uh, literally means uh, gracious. Uh, you know, just one word from God has the capacity to change absolutely everything in your life. I mean, when it seems like you've been overlooked, keep going into the presence of God. When, when it seems like, you know what, you've been left out, keep going into the presence of God. When it looks like, you know what, God has in some way forsaken you, because sometimes it looks like that. It looks like it's too late. It looks like God has not been fair. Keep going into God's presence. And this is what happened with John. It's a picture of us. Keep going into the presence and you will get the answers you need if you would just keep at it. Verse 18, and Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? Now, he didn't respond like Mary's going to respond a little later in the same chapter where Mary says, how, how shall this be seeing I don't know a man? Now, what Mary was doing was simply asking God about the method. Listen, I haven't been fooling around. I haven't been running with those other girls. I haven't been at those plot parties. You know what? I haven't been playing those reindeer games. You know, how is this going to happen? seeing I, I, I do not uh, uh, know a man. So she was just asking, uh, again, the, 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 the method, but she wasn't questioning God's competence. But here we see in Zechariah's question, he's actually questioning God's ability. And even though the words may seem somewhat uh, similar, there, there was an, obviously a tone because Mary was commended and we see Zacharias here is actually about to be rebuked. He said, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in age. First thing Zacharias did wrong, he started looking at himself and his inability and his wife's inability instead of looking at God's ability. Um, but so, you know, Zacharias, uh, you know, ha has some problems here before, before God. He, he, he's acting like the creator of the universe owes him an explanation. But God doesn't always give us uh, all that we need to understand it all. But he always gives us all that we need to obey. And uh, Zacharias already had what it took to obey God. But unfortunately, he was not of the right mind here. And watch what the angel said to him. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, you know who you're talking to, who stands in the presence of God. Now, the most honored servants of a king uh, stood when other subjects bowed. And Gabriel was saying, listen, I'm not just anybody that, that showed up here. Uh, I'm here because I'm God's choice servant. And we need to know our value. Uh, we need to also know our value before God. And, and he didn't stutter. He's like, you know what? I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm here on assignment and God has sent me and your, your response is unacceptable. And he continues, he said, and I was sent to speak to you uh, 
and bring you these glad tidings, literally good news, evangelion. Um, you know, what I just told you was supposed to bring you joy, not consternation. What I told you was supposed to cause your heart to leap, but instead you have questions and then you have more questions. And then after that, you have follow-up questions, Zechariah. Do you understand who you're dealing with? Do you understand that, that this is not about natural science? This is about uh, the God of the universe, the, 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 the God that's actually above every natural law that exists? Do I really need to explain to you from natural law what I'm about to supernaturally do? The spirit realm God's realm operates based on faith, just like, you know, the natural realm. Uh, I don't know exactly. I'm not a physicist, but uh, uh, but I, I do know that, you know, object in motion stays in motion. And, and I do know that uh, natural things need to be touched in order to be moved or something has to happen for uh, something to to respond or, or react. But the 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 supernatural universe, the, the realm which God lives, faith activates God. Faith puts God in motion. And faith ought to be the easiest thing we do because all it is, I mean, it doesn't even require you to be smart. It's just saying, trust God to be God. And in the realm of the spirit, truth reigns. And faith is simply operating in truth, saying, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And then, you know, just operating that simply uh, causes you to be in alignment with the kingdom of heaven. So don't get too de- deep. Just trust. I uh, don't be, try to be a genius. Just just come to the kingdom like a child and believe. So the angel answered him, say, hey, I'm Gabriel who stands in the presence of the God. And, and I was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute, unable to speak. Um, uh, and actually later on, he calls for a board to write um, it seems that, uh, you know, he might not have been able to hear as, as well. But, but wh- what I've learned, and, and I think what this, this, this passage bears out, if we don't believe God's promises, it doesn't destroy God's promises. It just destroys our ability to enjoy them uh, while we wait for it. You know, if, if 50-year-old Derek Greer could talk to 30-year-old Derek Greer, I will pull him by the ear and I pull him pretty hard. And I say to him, enjoy the journey. Don't let what anybody does get you down or keep you down. Uh, You know, God's going to get you where he's taking you with or without the folks causing you trouble. So, you know, listen, when folks do stuff, it hurts for a minute and you got to deal with it for a minute. But ultimately, you got to get back up and trust him and believe. And I just tell the younger version of myself, dude, don't even sweat all that. God's got you. He will keep you. He is faithful until the end. But Zechariah hadn't learned that lesson. Verse 20, but behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place. Now we're in the boldness series. And I want you to see here, because he chose to be cold and not bold, He lost his voice. And many of us have lost our spiritual authority, our spiritual voices for the same reason. So if you don't receive God's promises with confidence, you will lose the authority you need to address your situation. So this voice that was complaining, this voice that was questioning, God said, I'm going to shush it all up. 
and bring my promises to pass because you're annoying me, you're bothering me. And I know that's not in the book, but, but that's just the, the way I take it. But behold, you'll be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place. Now, if you remember the story of the children of Israel, they, 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 they made it into the promised land but only after 40 years of wandering in a circle. So they made it in. God's promises came to pass. But, but why did they wonder? Because they, 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 they wouldn't believe it. They wouldn't get bold in it. Um, you know, there's a situation where they went into the promised land and, and they were like, you know what? We, we're grasshoppers in our own sight. And then these folks are, are giants. And, and the problem was they weren't bold in their faith. They refused to believe what God had said. And because of it, they began to wander. And the, the 40 years were absolutely miserable. Everyone complained all of those 40 years. Actually, they complained so much. Moses got angry and he struck a rock and said, a speaking to Iraq and he couldn't enter into the promised land. So these, this was a miserable 40 years. And, and here's what I'm trying to tell you, that if you want to stay miserable, stay timid. You want to stay miserable, keep questioning. Um, listen, you, you may have to, I don't know why, some, sometimes we just have to prove how smart we are by asking these incredible questions, but, but really it's unbelief. I don't have to know why a plane flies. I just get in the plane and trust that it will do it. And if I can do that with an airplane, if I could do that with a boat, and I don't understand, you know, the, the, you know, the displacement theory and all that stuff, what happens, you know, that I don't have to understand all that. All I know is the boat floats. But some of us, we need 15 years of study before we're willing to take a step of faith. And God did not honor this. And God wants us to move with a level of boldness. When I was, when my kids were little, um, my, my oldest in particular, his favorite thing was to walk up uh, the steps and jump down. He, he would do this. He would laugh. He, he, he would giggle. It was the funnest thing to do. He would go, walk up the steps and just jump into my arms. He never checked my muscles. He never said, Dad, are you standing right? He, he, he never said, well, Dad, do you really love me? Dad, are you really for me? There was no question, just childlike faith. He jumped off the stairs into his, my arms, and it was the, the most tickling thing. I mean, he loved it. And God is saying, y'all too deep. You just wait. You just wait too deep. You're getting in your own way. Would you just trust me? You're taking all the joy, all the fun, all the, all the good stuff that's supposed to be in the season of your life by worry and anxiety and asking questions that really even aren't your business. You know, uh, asking those questions, harping on, on small issues, you're missing the joy of your salvation. And God just got tired of it with Zacharias. And he said, listen, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to shut your mouth up so you can't make everyone else miserable uh, as you deal with all the misery going on inside uh, your heart. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place. Watch this. So you, so you know, this is just not my commentary. This is what the book says. Because you did not believe my words. Mary was blessed because she believed God's word. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what the Bible says. But Zechariah, when he heard the message, he refused to believe. Instead, he came up with silly questions. He said, you will not speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled, whether you like it or not. That's what I'm saying. 
I'm going to get to where I'm going. I might as well enjoy it. You're going to get to where you're going. You might as well enjoy it until my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. That's the challenge. It didn't happen in Zacharias' time. Here's my challenge. It doesn't happen in my time. Here's your challenge. It doesn't happen in your time. But what I want you to understand, his problem was not timing. The problem was doubt. And what I'm learning to do is doubt my doubts and, 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 and before I doubt my faith. And, and here, the timing was perfect from God's perspective because he needed a miracle. So everyone understood that John was a special child. People would pay special attention to John because he was a miracle child. God was working a larger plan. And what happens often, we don't understand God's plan. And often we don't understand God's plan until we can kind of look back on our plan. Then we kind of get the plan. It's like, oh, God, your hand was on my life all the time. Wow, that's amazing. You kept me. But listen, we have a choice. When we don't understand, we, we can trust. This quiet confidence of faith said, Lord, I, you know, I'm going to make the most of this. I don't get it. But Lord, I love you and I'm going to worship you. I'm going to keep serving you. I'm going to keep doing the right thing. Or you can sit there complaining, coming up with questions and, and pointing the finger at God, pointing the finger at others and, and all the rest. Uh, but, but listen, it's your life. And you can choose how you live it. So you, you, you can live in anxiety and stress, fretful of how God's going to do what he's going to do. Or you can make a, cho- a, a, a choice to cast the care on him because he loves you. Say, Lord, I give it to you. You can work out the why. You can work out the how. I just know you're going to do it in time. So I'm going to put a smile on my face. I'm going to uh, square my shoulders. I, I'm, I'm going to keep looking to the heavens. Father, you'll never leave me nor forsake me. You will not abandon me. God, in the end, I will understand. And, and this is why we need faith, because it doesn't always make sense. So we got to trust. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.